Ladies and gentlemen, I am Phil Better. This is Investing in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. This episode, we have the master of the paragon, paragon and the diapreneur, Mr. John Paragon, a great, great dude who shows us that there's different ways that you can get money. So far, we've been focusing on business owners, influencers, and that, but he made his way on something crypto and then he is now moving on to something even better. He is Epic Launch Blueprint. So much going on. Uh, let's, uh, without further ado, let's just jump into it. Channel anyway, so. I love it. Helping each other out grow. That's the best thing to do, man. That's it's, the- it's great. It's great content for me. If there's even just a 10 second nugget, yeah. If I can give people just that 10 second snippet, they're a bit like, oh, okay, what else was on the show? So exactly. they have come to me to see the rest of the things I've been on or they come and see your show if it's something you've shared. So I'm going to try and take three snippets from, from each show. That's, you know what? I actually offer that. <laughs> yeah? I offer that to, uh, I'm working with a uh, with another uh, person, kind of a VA, but a high profile VA working with yep. business execs. And she's like, they have a lot of interviews. And I'm like, look, give it I'll make the little nuggets I'll do the infographs whatever they need this is what I do so I love how you're already you're getting a VA to do it so that's great it's, that's it, awesome. it's pretty cheap and it gives some really really valuable content as well oh, so yeah. I'm going to encourage my clients to to do the same so I'm always testing new stuff to see how the works so I can then tell my clients to do the same that's exactly how I work I work uh, as a podcast producer so yeah. I help pod, uh, business owners get their message out. Cause I know how valuable it is. Like I connected with you through podcasting and I'm a, some guy in Montreal who works at a bank and you're, you know, yep. you're, you're living the dream life I want to have. So like having you on the pod, <laughs> look, I work at a bank. You, you make your hours. Okay. Yourself. Okay. 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 Yeah, so I, like, I, I, I do. All right. I guess <laughs> <laughs> compared that's my dream life, like working for myself. That's, that's my dream life. You work for yourself. You have employees. So that that's great. You have a product. So you have a product that is massively in demand and has massive growth potential over the next five to 10 years, which is why I'm sure you've decided to pick this particular niche. Yeah. I'm assuming you have, a bloody good skill level in that particular area. There is absolutely no reason in the next, even for a crazy number out there in 60 days, you know, this can should be your full-time income. Oh, you just need my, to- my plan is to do it. I'm starting to wrap it up. Like I've like, just, this is, just go. <laughs> yeah. Just go. This is you're the uh, final uh, podcast for season two. So that yep. launches in March and March, April, it starts rolling out. So like I have, this period to start pumping up season one, teasing season two. I'm getting already season three lined up. Uh, But we haven't, we we started the podcast, which I love talking to entrepreneurs because like they go right away and like the minute they start talking, it's value. So John, I want to give you 20 seconds because we have no intro to just, or 30 seconds actually, to just introduce yourself to my listeners so that they know what, uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Hey guys, so so I'm John Paragon, uh, living in the UK. I actually live in West Yorkshire, also known as God's Country. Um, I spend a hell of a lot of my time between uh, running business, working with my clients. Up until about six months ago, I had built my first ever six-figure company, but I have sold the majority of the company. So I'm currently working on the transition phase while I move into the uh, to the coaching world, which is working pretty well. Um, in my spare time, I spend my time with my three children. Um, and I'm an avid racer. So you give me anything that's got four wheels and goes fast and I want to have a play around. And in a nutshell, that's pretty much me. I love it. You're living the life that most people dream of. Like they, the, the American dream, if you will, the, the, the be your own boss, have your own company, sell it and do what you passionately love and be with the family. You got that perfect, the perfect life, if you will. Um, I'm working on it. I'm definitely working on it always. Oh, that's, uh, that's great. Um, so John, did you, were you always, uh, an entrepreneur at heart or were you, uh, forced into the business world because you had no choice? I think to a certain extent, uh, kind of a piece of both. So I've always had, I've always been wired in a way where I found opportunities in almost everything, just how my brain works. So from a young age, I always had the desire to to hustle, to make money in quick and efficient ways that I kind of felt like was some sort of success, some sort of quick win. 
Um, so even at a young age, I used to play a lot of video games and I only ever played video games that had some sort of entrepreneurial idea in them. So I used to love the tycoon games. I think I played every single possible tycoon game many, many times over because I loved the idea of progression and moving forward and, and making a lot of money. It's like a, it's just a number game, really. You know, the, the number in a bank account is just a score to me now, I guess. So, yes, I've always kind of been wired in that way, but there have been experiences throughout my journey that have forced me into a position where I've I've had to grow and I've had to make decisions and take actions that are massively outside my comfort zone, like painfully outside of my comfort zone, but I've had to do them. And as much as I don't want to encourage other people to have to go so far out of their comfort zone, that is where I learned the most. You know, you sound like such a cliche, but you do learn the most the further you step away from your comfort zone. So it's been it's been a very strange experience, some very painful experiences along the way. But the only reason I am where I am now is because I've I've taken those opportunities and because I've been I've been put in those positions. I like it. I like how you the uh, the further you're away from your comfort zone, the bigger the reward is. But also, there's the downside. There is a risk, but that's where you also learn because you learn, okay, I can't do that again. And I learn from that mistake and go try it again or try something. Absolutely. Else. I think a, a very large part of entrepreneurship is a lot of it's learning what not to do, not necessarily, not necessarily what you should do. A lot of it is learning what does work, what does not work, where are my skills? What should I avoid doing? And my biggest breakthroughs I think have come from me figuring out what I shouldn't be doing. You know, I, I learned pretty early on that I shouldn't take on every possible area of the business that I can. Once upon a time, I did my own marketing, I did my own uh, funnels, my own paid advertising, my own customer service. I built my own websites. I did my own email campaigns. And I got to a point where I realized other people could do it better than me. They can do it much more efficiently. And that frees up so much time for me to focus my time and energy into areas of the business that help the business move forward or generate a revenue. I, I don't want to spend my time handling with customer service and, and replying to emails and, and tweaking my logo. That doesn't make me any money. So I basically outsource the vast majority of my business to other people because they're going to do a better job than me because it is their, they're an expert in their particular field. And then I can spend my time on the area of the business that earns me the most money. And then I can just go pay other people to do, to do the bits that I don't want to do. That's, I think that people forget that is, what an entrepreneur is because they always thought an entrepreneur was just a business owner they just own a business that's it and they have to do everything or a small business owner and they forget that no it's the digital age we can you know find someone who needs the money that was willing to take you know something for us that's cheap but for them is like a huge salary and like you're helping someone else out like that's that's what i love about this more digital entrepreneur age and this is why i'm doing this podcast and i'm so glad like that's something you're you're preaching it's um did you did you learn that the hard way or did you learn that in a book because i know there's a, a book that talks about that and i'm just i don't want to drop the name if you didn't read it no no so so i didn't get it from a book um i you know i I read a little bit, but I'm not one of those entrepreneurs that read every single day. I wish I could, but it just doesn't work for how I'm wired. Um, I struggle with that. I can read through three pages and then realize three pages later that I was actually daydreaming the whole time. So I've got <laughs> to go back and it just, it doesn't work for my brain. Um, so I've always struggled with that. I actually learned it the first time I hired a VA. I actually hired at $2 per hour, which I thought was somewhere between too good to be true and a bit. Uh, a bit unethical because I thought, can I yeah. justify paying someone $2 per hour when I make a reasonable income? Can I justify doing it? Then I realized for this person where they live, that is a very reasonable wage and it was a side hustle for them. So they already had an income. This was a side hustle, which gave them a little bit of extra money for a few of life's luxuries. It, they they wanted the work, so I offered it to them, and we eventually increased the price. They went up to $2.50 and then eventually $3 per hour. And he thought it was amazing. <laughs> Now I have, uh, I think I have eight or nine VAs in, in different areas for different businesses, um, anywhere between uh, 250 an hour all the way up to, I think the highest I pay is about $18 per hour for one of my VAs, but he's he's magical. You know, he, <laughs> he, I, I don't understand how he does what he does. He, he's pretty <laughs> epic, one of the best people I've ever hired. So he works harder than me some days, so I will happily pay me $18 and he saves me a tremendous amount of work so I can I can do the important parts. There you go. That that's that's 
that's the business. You're 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 creating a business and you're helping other people pay their life. Even though, because we we always thought, because we're in the Western world and we're we grew up in the idea that no, you have to hire inside. No, sometimes it's okay to outsource little things to other people and let them do the heavy lifting or the stuff that you don't like. I I found that with my podcast. I have someone that edits my podcast, and I'm like, you do yeah. a much better job than I do. I I suck at editing, so clean up everything, make it look nice. And then I'll do the promotion because I love promoting stuff. So that's absolutely my one of my favorite parts actually is the people you hire as VAs, they, they technically run in their own business. You are a client of theirs. So they have a different mindset. Now, if you hire an employee, very often they have an employee mindset where it's come to work, do the work quite often the bare minimum so they can mm -hmm. get paid and go home and spend time with their families or Netflix and chill or whatever it may be. When you hire a VA, they can come and go as they please. They know if they want to take two weeks to go on holiday or they need to take a day off to go help their family or they need to go help their grand move or whatever it may be, they have the flexibility within their own business. And I have this agreement with all of my uh, VAs. They don't have to work nine to five. They can come and do two hours for me if they want or they can come and do eight hours. They have full freedom to work as much or as little as they want at whatever time zone works for them, for the most part, there are some times when I say I need you to work at a specific time on a Friday, yeah. for example, or we need to jump on a call every every Thursday at 6 p.m. my time. Um, you know, that, that kind of has to be agreed beforehand. But for the most part, they can come and go as they please. So when they are at work, they have the full mental freedom and energy to, to actually work hard because there's no pressure on them. They're not in fear of losing their job if they don't perform well because they can always go and sign a new client quite often they're getting very good pay rises for performing mm -hmm. well because it is quite hard to find the right vas and if you're going through a process where you are constantly testing new vas the ones who do perform well tend to get little pay rises which for them works out very very well so everybody wins i think it's a much better uh, business plan than it is than just hiring employees i mean i've never actually hired an employee yeah. And it seems like a hell of a lot more work, a lot more headache and a lot more pressure to maintain that than it does to hire a VA. Yeah, no, I working for a working for a bank um, as and having the mindset of an employee for so long. It's only recently that it's switched to being an entrepreneur because I've always had that like spirit in me. But the, the risk is my father uh, worked on a commission-based salary. So he had to get his business and all that. And I could see him go like months to months without sales. And I'm like, I, I no, I don't want that struggle. So I have the employee get the salary. I'm good. I'm safe. But it, it never felt right. Like it felt shackled. So I've switched my mindset to figuring out, okay, how can I get the safety and the employee like that safety and that's okay i have to hire out for some tasks and i'm so glad i got an editor it's the best thing oh my god <laughs> if have you ever had have you ever hosted or done your own podcast no so i intend to uh, run my own podcast uh, pretty soon okay uh, and i've already explored the options for this because i want it to be as hands-off as possible i basically want to hire someone that takes care of everything apart from my face being on the show or my voice that's I, I will just do that bit that's fine and as long as we can work out a cost per episode and I can measure this in a way where I figure out how it benefits me mm -hmm. um, then I can see this is a, a worthwhile investment so you know I, I hire someone to reach out and find podcasts for me to jump on as a guest expert to share what I know and I understand what the cost is for that for and, and I don't have to do any of the editing so it works out reasonably cheap for me and also, I actually really enjoy it. So it's pretty cool. Oh, um, I would love to talk to you a bit later uh, afterwards if you want. Yeah, about yeah, that, sure. Because that's something I offer. Um, but moving on. Um, so what was your first six-figure business, if you would like to talk? Because you're transitioning, right? You're going from selling a, a large portion of it to now moving into the coaching and teaching people. So what was it like? What was your niche or your business about, if you, you don't mind me asking? So, so my first six-figure business, my first six-figure year was just about six figures. And it was actually part of a network marketing company. Because when I stepped out of the typical nine-to-five world, which my last job was a very commission-based role at a new car dealership. Cool. So I had a little smirk when you mentioned that. So I worked <laughs> at a new car dealership. And that ended on the 27th of November, 2015, I think it was. Okay. 
and I went down some spiral of of depression and stuff. I didn't leave of my own uh, accord. Choice. So no, it was a it was a little bit of a tricky situation. I was influenced to leave for uh, being too nice and not very sales orientated. Not I, uh, killer I, salesman that they're no, looking for. There are a few occasions where I actually sold uh, downsold customers on cars because it was a better fit, and even though it made more money for the company. Their issue was that it wasn't a bigger car, which had a higher revenue. Yeah. Um, and they just wanted the numbers on a piece of paper. So it went against, I guess, their, their particular business model. So that didn't work out. Uh, I stepped into the network marketing industry and tried with a few different businesses. And I always had the mentality that this was my business. But I also knew there were restrictions with regards to, I don't control the product. I don't control the business model. I don't control the structure of the business. It can stop at any time. So as much as I love uh, the model of network marketing, there are a few parts of it that I didn't like, but I kind of plodded along for a while. And it wasn't until I started to build the company that I sold recently. And that started about three years ago, but I never, ever had the intentions of building it to the level it got to. That was never on the cards. That was never the plan. Um, it started off as something very, very small, something that kind of paid the bills and I got to be part of a community and it kind of gradually grew and it took me a couple of months before I realized there's actually a product here. There's an opportunity here for me to control the product and determine uh, how many people I can help, how much money I can make. I can actually build something pretty big from this and it was in an area that I enjoyed. So I did that and along the way, there were lots of things that I learned not to do. And I also took note of what my community wanted. Uh, there was a demand and I kind of pivoted the business along the way. Um, so it, by the end, it eventually evolved into becoming a software development company for the cryptocurrency market. So we developed uh, crypto exchanges and algorithms and trading systems and things like that for other companies. But it simply started off as me and four friends that I knew online. Uh, we hired a professional trader because we wanted to trade cryptocurrencies, mm -hmm. but we knew it can take anywhere between five and 10 years to gain the experience to trade effectively and efficiently yeah. in a way where you can consistently make money and you could potentially lose a lot of money in the process. Of course. And these just weren't options for us. So I thought the biggest shortcut was to hire somebody who was already achieving these results that we want and say, can we pay you a fee and you tell us what to buy, when to buy and when to sell it? And we'll just copy and paste those trades into our own exchanges. So we actually found someone. We paid $2,000 per month, which on my own, I couldn't justify. But between the five of us, it was $400 each. So, yeah, so that's, that's what we did. Community and then, growth. Community growth. Exactly. And then eventually we ended up having 10 people that wanted to share these pots. So it was $200 each. And then we had 20. Uh, so we went and hired a second trader and a third trader. And that's when I realized... Partly it was becoming a headache trying to manage all of the expenses and all of the money coming in. And when somebody paid late, I was having to chase them up and it was becoming a full-time job. So I thought I need to make a product out of this. So I hired someone to create a membership site. Uh, I hired someone to create uh, some scripts and things on, on, a, on a Discord channel. And basically I created a product where I charged my clients $97 per month. And my business model was 75% of the money that went into the pot that people paid me would go back out to hiring more traders. So the more traders I hired, the more money we'd make, the more referrals my clients made, the more money came into the pot. And I just keep funneling 75% back into hiring more traders. So we uh, we trialed about 116 traders over the space of three years. And by the end, we had, we had 15 or 16 still standing. Those were our preferred ones uh, that we had agreements in place. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we had agreements in place and they were making us money. Um, so yeah, it grew pretty big. We ended up having nearly a thousand clients and we actually traded over $200 million over the space of three years. So we made tens of millions of dollars for, for combined between all of my clients. Some of them were paying me $97 per month. We eventually introduced a $50 per month option, but I had some clients paying me nearly 10K per month as well. So it was a pretty good business model that kind of grew at a pace that worked for me. Because if I thought right at the beginning, fast forward three years, have a look at this crystal ball. Here's what you're going to have in three years. And here's what your daily activities will be. I would have crapped my pants and gone, no, thank you. I can't do that. That's too much stress. That's too much drama. I don't want the responsibility of tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars of my clients. Because if something goes wrong, a technical issue, these people are knocking on your door saying, John, you just messed up. I want my money back. Or you're getting letters through the post. You're being taken to court and stuff. It was a whole lot of headache. So... But it grew at a pace that I was comfortable with. And sometimes I did have to step outside that comfort zone. So it ended up being my biggest project ever. 
And that kind of led on to what I'm doing now, basically teaching people what I know, what I've learned and how I built such a large company. And I did it without any paid advertising. So that was pretty cool. That's, that's insane. That's, that's amazing that you were able to grow it to, and then now you're selling, transitioning, helping other people get into that world. And that's a great pivot again, because it's probably outside your comfort zone. Cause you're like, I've only built one successful business. I, I don't know how to help other people, but I love how you're pivoting and you're like, I'm going to roll the dice for it. And it's, I, I for sure you're going to do it because you're, you already know how you have that mindset. You have the, I want to help someone in the long term. Absolutely. So I'm only teaching people what I what I already know and what already works. Of course, I learn along the way. You know, I've I've had my own coaches now for the last couple of years, and I will constantly have my own coaches along the way. That never ends. The richest man in the world has his own business coach. I think anyone who's who has some sort of business should always have a coach, whether it be low level or high level. I think you should always have that outside perspective and someone that has achieved at least some of the results that you are aiming for. Mm-hmm. If they can show you how to get there fast and show you how to get there while saving you a lot of money, and ultimately so you can make more money, then it's one of the best investments you can make. I I won't go now without a coach. I I couldn't do that. It seems daft to me. Yeah, and I think think that's, that's an important thing. Like someone who has achieved a life that you want, then that that's someone you need you want to model like you have like i said you have the life that i most people want like they're their own boss they have the freedom to choose like you said you race like your passion is to race cars or anything with four wheels so like most people like yeah they feel that need to speed like my passion is i want to be on a spaceship like and now i'm like i have to figure out how to get there you know so that's that's something on the outside but elon musk is someone who's done it so it's like okay I have to, okay, I have to own a space company. I'm pretty damn sure you could spend a little bit of time figuring out what you need to achieve to get to that point. And then what I do, what I do with my clients is figure out their big goal. Now, the number one rule is when we figure out their big goal is it cannot be financial. It cannot be monetary. So you can't just say, I want to earn seven figures because that doesn't mean anything to anybody. That's just a number that will make you say, oh, cool, I've achieved something. It has to be a tangible goal. So you want to spend at least five minutes in space, for example. Yeah. We then break that down into three steps, three things you need to achieve to get to that point. So maybe you need to go through some training to achieve that point, uh, like space training. I'm not sure. I, I would uh, hope I would hope space training <laughs> space training is necessary, I think. I, I would assume so, yes. <laughs> I'm assuming you need some sort of financial uh, income as well to be able yeah. to justify it. Uh, and then, I don't know, something else. You need a business to be able to cover the cost. And then we break each of those three down again. So you basically break it down layer by layer until you get to the bottom. You broke it down as much as you can. Then the tasks that are at the bottom, these should be bite-sized tasks that you can complete each day. So you can jump on your computer, see, right, just pick one at random on the bottom row, this task, I'm going to go complete this one task now. Once that's done, tick it off, move on to the next task. And gradually as you complete them, you're working your way up this chain until you get to the top. But every day you can see what you need to do and how far you are away from your goal. And you also have what's incredibly important, most people neglect, which is the validation of how far you've come because you can see how many ticks are done on this chart which is incredibly powerful because mm-hmm. you can see after three months, I've actually done 50% of these tasks. I've ticked off 50%. And gradually over time, you'll realize there are a couple of other tasks you need to add on because mm-hmm. you might get to one and realize I can't quite accomplish this now. This is something I need to do first. And you can write that on. I use a whiteboard for this. Just work your way up until you eventually get to the top. It's, it's crazy powerful. Oh yeah. No, I've, uh, I, I started doing that. Cause I was like, okay, I'm going to make, I want a YouTube channel that's monetized. Okay. What are the tasks? It's okay. It's 4,000 hours of watch. It's a thousand subscribers. Okay. That means it's this, this is monthly. This is daily, weekly. And I broken it down. I'm like, okay, these are manageable goals. Cause other people have done it. I've seen other people do it. So what have they done? I was, uh, I, I, I creeped on your Facebook and I saw that you had some posts like that. Like other people have done it, just follow their instincts. And so it's like, that's great because one of uh, a friend that actually reached out to me that we're, we're I'm hoping to collaborate in the future with, he has a great community and he made a video about how he got monetized. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's exactly how I want to get monetized. He, he built his community. So it's like, okay, he's doing it. And I've seen other people and I'm like, and you're, you're confirming like doing the bite-sized bits is the smart way of doing it. So yeah, I, I love it because that's the only way I think a lot of our generation, because we're both in our thirties 
think we 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 don't we 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 need those plans in place for us to build up. We we can't do those dreamers because we need to know how how do we reach those dreams. We do. I think too many people have kind of mid-level goals, so they're not aiming for the big stuff, but they have mid-level goals, and because they are aiming for those that are way further up their task list, it's almost impossible to achieve, or it's very difficult to achieve, and so they feel defeated when they don't get there. And because they don't get there, they don't have any tasks they've ticked off to give them the validation that they are actually making progress. If they can break that task down into 30 pieces and complete three of those each day, or just one of those each day, within 30 days, you've, you've achieved that, that middle goal. And each day you can wake up. And as long as you plan the day before exactly what you should be doing, you can wake up. You can look at whatever tasks you've got written down and think, this is all I have to do today. And the business moves forward. If you're completing tasks that don't move the business forward, you need to outsource that to somebody else and pay them $2 per hour. Yeah. No, I think that that's uh, that's a genius idea. Yeah, the anything that's not, I, I look at it, anything that you can automate, automate pretty much. So like that's for you is outsourcing it because some tasks you can't like writing emails to people. You, you need someone to write those emails. It's, it can't be automated. So yeah, hiring someone to do it at $2 an hour, you're helping them and you're freeing up your time to do what you love more of doing in the business. So yeah, that's genius. I love, I was actually going to ask you, like, could you give us like three tips that you usually give? And you gave us this massive one and you gave us a practical example with me saying like, if I want to be five minutes in space, what I need and you help break it down. So thank you very much for that. Absolutely. Practical advice to, uh, to my, to my listeners and obviously uh, to your uh, clients, because they're going to hear this or your future clients, because you're already giving value in my podcast. So that's (laughs) amazing. Um, What's next? What, what, what is the next thing? What is the big thing for uh, John? Uh, that's interesting. I actually want to run my own, uh, my own karting team. So I do a, a good chunk of karting. Um, so I want to run my own team. Now, it can get incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are racing and you are looking at podium positions consistently, it can get incredibly expensive. But this is something I enjoy. Maybe one day even to open my own racing track. Uh, which will be pretty awesome. So I've already uh, I've already claimed the name Paragon Racing. So I'm getting that ready uh, for, for when I'm when I get there. But at the moment, I'm focused on my coaching. I enjoy this. I've now got a nice. I've got a good group of clients that I work with uh, daily. So th- this is my plan for the time being. I am constantly working on scaling this and taking it to the next level, giving as much value as I can to my clients. Um, each of the clients I've got at the moment, we are working on a case study basis. So I get to use their results for my own marketing purposes, which then allows me to, you know, that social proof is tremendous in this particular oh, yeah. business. People need to see what you have achieved so they can see this guy can actually help me. And if they can see that I've helped other people, then it's an absolute no brainer for him. So that's my focus at the moment. Um, I do have an app that is being developed in the background, which ultimately uh, is designed to help you improve your Facebook algorithm, your LinkedIn, your Instagram. And we are currently toying with the idea of introducing YouTube. Um, So we want to improve the algorithm. There are a couple of little tricks, which I can't give away on how to do this. And it's nothing, it's nothing shared. It's nothing Facebook or Instagram disapproves of. Uh, It's quite simple when you think about it, but we're currently putting this together now. Um, So I'm about to start the, the, uh, app development. Um, we've been trying to look for a little while now with, with 50 clients. They're just trying trialing it on a free basis to check it actually works. And the vast majority of them have either made a sale or they've seen tremendous growth, predominantly on Facebook, because we use Facebook predominantly, but it worked tremendously well for LinkedIn. It's probably best for LinkedIn because the algorithm for LinkedIn demands interaction very early on once you've created a post. So that's one of the plates I'm spinning at the moment. So that uh, the app development and the coaching. And of course, there's still a transition period for the company that I sold a few months back. So so hopefully this that should be wrapped up pretty soon. Um, but the coaching is certainly taking the majority of the time that I focus on the business anyway. Well, yeah, because that's where you're passionate about right now. You're, you're, you have a little passion. Your side hustle is your go-karting. You know, that's your side hustle right now. Your main hustle is your nine to five is the, the coaching business, you know, because before it was your main business was your crypto yep. currency business. And then your side hustle was maybe coaching. And now you shifted over to the coaching and soon you're going to shift into the go-kart and then you're going to shift into something else. You know, that's, 
that's going to be awesome. Like, I, I love how your slight, your side hustles always have become your main hustle because it's what you're passionate about. So I did actually, uh, I spoke with someone recently and he's a business coach himself, but what he does is he buys other coaching agencies or social or digital marketing agencies, things like that. He will buy them with no cash down, scale the business 10 X the value of the company and then sell it three years later. And that's what he does now. So he runs a podcast too, but all the vast majority of his income aside from the coaching that he does is he just flips businesses. And he talks about millions and tens of millions. Like it's me buying a company for a, for a hundred dollars or whatever it may be. He, he just buys a company because he knows how to take it to the next level. He scales the company and then sells it, but he never has to put any cash down to buy this company because he's got the reputation. The people that sell the companies to him understand that if they are willing to give 50% of their company to this guy, he's going to 10x the value anyway and sell it in three years. So there's absolutely no reason for these guys to it's say no. It's pure win for them because if it's- Win for everybody. If, if it's currently worth a million dollars, let's say a business is worth a million dollars, you know in three years he's going to 10x it to 10 million. That means you get $5 million in your pocket that you didn't have that would take you five years to get in essence. He's going to- pump you up and then you can say i successfully had a 10 million dollar business and exited with five million like it's a no brain personally for me i look at it i'm like that's like pure money like if you with of course like you said the social proof with your clients you're you're showing you're gathering them they're, they're paying you a nominal fee but you get to use their things as case studies to show other people and then you say look this is why i'm charging x amount per coaching session or whatever because i have 10 clients, 20 clients that have made X amount of money. That's, that's amazing. Absolutely. And it goes in, I think it's be, our generation really has that mentality of proof is necessary because we've grown up with those shady salesman tactics. We all understand the sales tactics because uh, everybody was sold on it. And like, you're coming from the, the, the sale car sales thing. You understand like customer service is more important so if I can show that I have customer service without having to do the customer service for you, you, you are more trusting, you know? So I like that. I like that you're helping other people. And you told me about this 10 Xer cause I'm going to look out for him when I'm ready to flip my business. I think it's huge. I've rather selling my company and basically learn along the way, how he scales so rapidly, um, which would be a huge win for me. Cause I make tremendous amount of money extra compared to if I did it on my own and I get to learn to scale. Or, um, you know, at least I'll figure out what he does and then I'll go and repeat the same thing. I'll go buy companies at, at seven figures myself. And even if I can triple the value in the space of one year, for example, there's, there's lots you can do with it. it. It just amazed me the way we're talking about the numbers and the amount of companies that he works with. And one of the things that he does is he'll work with a coaching company and a digital marketing company and a, I don't know, some sort of influence company. And he's got different kinds of companies in a similar niche. And he combines them so they can all leverage each other. And I'm like, that that's huge. That, that, that's, that's huge. It's all networking. You already know it's how. just you, networking. It's networking. So he's in essence doing what he looked at what, um, so I, 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 I'm, I'm looking at how he did it. Like I'm doing, I'm breaking it down. So I think he looked at what Gary V is doing. Gary V, he built his marketing company, VaynerMedia, and then he built yeah. Vayner Sports because he was like, okay, I know how to build a brand. So, okay, Vayner Sports. Now he's building another agency. He's building, he has a wine business now, you know, he's built, he makes the, he tries it for himself. And then he's like, oh, a client comes to him. He's like, okay, help the client build their business. And then he builds it himself. So with you, what he, he probably started, he started off as a coach and he built businesses and he, he refined his thing and he saw how it went from five years to three years and he's like okay i can do this he's done it consistently and then he's like okay now i have this proof that i've done it he's like okay he's getting the case studies because he has a lineage of case studies and now that's how he leveraged into the point where he's 10xing businesses soon he's probably going to figure out how to 20 50 60 times it because he's going to work with a business that he does it and he's like oh mm -hmm. so this is what he does and he's learning that now with bringing in the networks of a podcasting company, a digital marketing agency and everything together. Absolutely. He's a, he, he thinks quite uniquely does, a, does Gary V. He thinks in a different way to how most people do. And one of his biggest moves was jumping into the media space because that puts his name out there. That is social proof for people. And you'll see his followers 
are diehard fans. They absolutely worship him. And to be able to build a tribe like that is incredibly powerful because he can put out just one offer out there now and there'll be thousands, if not tens of thousands of people that will snap it up instantly. He will never, ever struggle now because he's gained that reputation. He can start any business model now, something completely different to anything he's done before, and it will it will succeed because of the name he's created for himself. And there are lots of people that can do that. But I think his big move, getting involved with media, and his face is always on camera somewhere. Um, I think even with the wine thing, he started Wine Library TV, I think it was. Yeah, he, and that took the wine company to the next level as well. Yeah, he, he, uh, he took his dad's wine company... Uh, I think it was like from like a $5 million company, something like that to a like $60 million company. So he's like, okay, I can do it with this. And then he invested in Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that and made some more money. And then he started VaynerMedia, which explode. He, he used that tactic to explode and he used himself as making a personal brand to make his business even better he's like look i've done it with myself and i'm a nobody look what i can do with imagine what i can do with money in essence you know like time and money to do it so i think that was really smart of him and that just those connections snowballed into now he has a, uh, an amazing channel on youtube that just brings in money so yeah it's, yep. a, it's a smart move that he's doing he's building his he built his social proof by creating a doing it himself going risking his liability risking himself you know yep i agree one of the things i find fascinating about him as well when i first heard him say this is someone asked him what he would do if he lost it all and he's genuinely excited and motivated by the idea of losing everything because to him it's a game now he knows what yeah. to do and he can start again from scratch and he has no fear at all that he will not make it because he knows what to do. And when he said that, I thought, you know, the amount of times that I've been dropped on my ass and I've struggled and I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do from here. But now I know exactly what needs to be done with almost any business model, even just getting the basics and the fundamentals right to make a very, very good income. Then when you get to scaling uh, on very high levels, that might be different. You probably need to be specialized in a particular niche. Mm -hmm. I think I can make any sort of business model now make a very good income. And that's quite a relief to know I'm going to be okay. Because for a long time, I never had that feeling. Yeah, it's, it's, I think our generation, we're really looking for that security, that security blanket that our parents kind of had and our grandparents definitely had because inflation is a bitch. Um, <laughs> But we're looking for that security blanket. So when we figure out how we can build that security blanket ourselves, and we don't have to go find it in other companies, then it just builds your confidence to take those risks. Because you're like, if I fail, it's fine, because I know how to build it, I can, I can rebuild this system over here, and I can get back to where I was, but also learning how to build wealth, because I'm looking at other people who have built wealth and go, okay, how did they build their wealth? Now it's not being rich it's building wealth so i have continual income so i can continue to do what i want so it's very interesting and i'm very glad that kind of touched on that uh, i brought that up because i actually have a uh, another um, interview with a 37 year old millionaire who built his wealth through networking uh, networking marketing business but also a uh, um, uh, stock investing Okay, building his stock portfolio so that it was really great talking to him. But like, he, he didn't have a business like you that he built up to sell. He's still doing that business. But talking to him about his stocks was really interesting. So it was it's fascinating. And I, I hope you're going to enjoy that because that's a wealth for for him because he's living the dream life. He's an Australian millionaire, 37 years old. Yeah, I find it fascinating. I mean, I still trade myself. Well, I, 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 I don't put in the time to trade myself, but I still have a portion of my capital that is being traded uh, through the company that I built and through the software and systems that, that we developed. So, so that's actively making money for the most part. And because it's focused on cryptocurrencies, which at the moment is, is a little bit wild. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Elon. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a little bit mad at the moment. So I, I'm always fascinated by stocks and trading and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, our generation now is getting interested in because they're seeing so many like, oh, I don't have to invest so much money in it. Like they're, they, they're learning about the difference in uh, Forex and stocks and crypto and all that. So it's very, very interesting. I think it, it is fascinating. My concern, though, is the vast majority of people see it to be easier 
uh, than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, we all want that shiny new, that shiny new strategy that's going to help us turn one dollar into ten dollars in a short period of time. And we've seen the stories, we've seen the rags to riches, we've seen that guy who bought $100 worth of Bitcoin way back when, and he's now a millionaire and he drives around in a Lambo. We've seen them. But the reality is the vast majority of people, the retail buyers of cryptocurrencies, aren't doing too well. And that's because the big fish are manipulating the markets, which means the little fish miss out. Um, So it's a very dangerous world, unless you have the right tools and strategies in place and understand what's going on. I think there are better ways to make money for most people. I'm an incredibly huge fan of people creating a product or a solution that helps the world and figuring out a way to market that and make money from that. Most people don't need to earn a crazy income. Most people just want a consistent six figures. That keeps the vast majority of people quite healthy, uh, keeps them afloat. They They have extra money to contribute towards the world and they have extra money to be able to scale the business to the next level. Most people don't want seven figures a year. They're not aiming for that. That's that's not their goal. Six figures for most people is good. There's a lot, a lot more headache that comes with with seven figures. And it's you know, difference between six and seven financially is is 10 times, but the headache that comes with it is probably more like a hundred times. Yeah, it's it's like you have to grow to that level. You can't just jump. And it, it's funny because uh, one of the things in the the my friend Lloyd, the uh, the stock millionaire, he uh, he talks about the jackpot mindset, and the uh, I can't remember the other one, but like it's the jackpot is like the instant win thing. They're just like going to the lotto, trying to win, get that one time win, you know, like the one to one dollar to ten dollars, and the other is the like the, I think it's the hoarder mentality, just like the the delay the gratification, like build it to that level. Because once you jump to like 10 figures or like that level, you're like, I don't know what to do. Like, I've never had this money. And like, if you're always, you're always going to go, okay, I want this Lambo. I want this, 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 and then it's all gone. And you have no money anymore versus working, like you're working your way up. Like six figures is very comfortable for people. Like I'm happy at six figures. I'm going to stay at six figures. And then your next level, you know, is like maybe seven figures and you'll be comfortable at that level, but you're growing to six figures. I know my happiness level is at seventy thousand dollars a year that's my happiness level i'll be very happy when i make seventy thousand a year boom done you know because that's that's what most people in my most people i know make and they're happy so it's i I want i want to tell you how how simple that is and and time wise You, you so you talk about the uh you mentioned a lifestyle that I have. And for me, because I've grown to this point, I just see it as the norm now. Mm-hmm. It's, it takes me effort to kind of look from an outside perspective and go, do you know what? It's pretty cool. Yeah. When I live it day to day, it's just a norm. You know, I take it for granted. I'm probably not grateful enough for it. Um, I have work to achieve this, but from, for me thinking about 70K a year, uh, dollars as well. So for me, sterling, pound sterling, that's probably about 50K. The steps needed to get there shouldn't take much time at all as long as you have a product that people want i think you can achieve that and you can do that without spending 16 hours a day at your computer you can do that and i won't say how many hours because i don't think you'd believe me i oh, work I absolutely I, nowhere near those I, hours i just worked it out uh earlier um at how it is and how many clients and this and that i, I would need and it's it's ridiculous how like how small the number is and it's just finding that the, the right price, technically it's my right price point. And I think I figured out justifying my price to these people so I get char- I can charge that. So that I know I'm happy at that place and it's, I know the, uh, I'm ready to roll it. And I, I, I would just ask myself, how much money can I make my clients? If I can make them, let's say, if I can help them make 100K this year, charging them 10K now is absolutely not an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can do that consistently, if you know you can make them 100K per year, uh, you can do that consistently with minimal risk, then turning them 10K, perfectly fine. I I, I know, I, I don't know how much I can make them yet because I don't have a, a, a solid case study or social proof, but I know the value of seeing other people in the in their industry or have a podcast and get, so I know they, they're making money if they're, putting money and like Gary V says podcasting is the next thing and it's personal branding and I know how much branding makes so it's like okay how I don't know how much I can make you so I have to over deliver in value to justify the price because I've been podcasting for 
going on nearly five years and I know how much work it takes to run a podcast. So like, let me, you're a busy person. You don't want to spend your time editing the uh, editing, creating the description. Absolutely. That, that, that is just mind numbing, boring, but that's something I kind of enjoy doing, you know? So it's like, I'll take that. You pay me to do that. Boom. We're done. You go, like you said, I just want to show up, talk and then bounce out and someone else do all the hard work and if you can make that clear for someone, if they know that's that's all they need to do, is show up, do the show and leave, and someone does all of the hard work behind the scenes, that's what most people that are busy and are jumping on podcasts want. Mm-hmm. So I think the next best option for you is to look at 10 other competitors that offer a similar service, figure out what they offer that you don't, and figure out what you offer that they don't. Find a price point, a price point that's in there somewhere. Don't worry about you thinking it, it's too high because it all comes down to positioning. If you can position yourself as the most logical option, you can charge more than every single one of them. You just have to position yourself accordingly. Yeah, no, and uh, I've, I'm, well, I'm kind of doing my own case study right now uh, with a friend doing it for free because I'm like, I want to just see, like, for me, it's personally, I need a little proof. Like I'm taking the risk. I'm, I still have my day job, but I'm doing this for free, putting in my time, changing it and, figuring it out and I already had someone someone's going to pay me to edit some podcasts for them and like make it all pretty and then put it up for them so he's already willing to pay me for just doing that so I'm like okay that is the price point he was happy with he's a busy guy so I know other people will be happy at that now I want to x that okay what can I charge at this so I broke it down reasonably understandably well so I'm I'm pretty sure like within the next week, I'll have a client and I'll be like, okay, I'm done. Like, by, absolutely. By, by day job, I can now go, 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 go. It's <laughs> like, okay, I, I've got someone paying me a monthly thing for this. I'm, I'm good to go, you know? So it's just, I, I have clients now paying me more, uh, just, just one client pay me more upfront than I used to earn in a year. At one of my previous jobs or a large portion of my previous jobs, which seems a little bit bonkers, and it's not like that money goes in my bank and I just spend it. You know, I don't just go buy a, a new set of shoes and a new suit or something like that. I don't just throw it away like I would have done back then. It does go to different areas of the business. A portion of it gets reinvested, you know. It's, so I'm always trying to move the business forward and, and be able to help more clients too. So, but it, it, it seems a little bit bonkers when I look from the outside point of view. It's quite scary, actually. Maybe, maybe that's why I don't do it too often. Yeah, no, I, I, I've started to look like look at my past somewhat, and I'm like, yeah, no, we're gonna stop doing that for now. <laughs> I look forward. Let's let's just keep looking forward. Look, find the people who have the lives that you want, and see how you can model your life. And it's Absolutely. already working because I'm already thinking less of a jackpot mentality and having this like more of an entrepreneur looking. How can I invest? How can I save money? How can I make the money? Move my business me forward to reach those goals so it's already working in droves um all right so i'm going to give you uh five minutes just to sell yourself tell them where we can find you how we can link up with you as a thank you for being on the podcast and giving so much value because i want to help move your business (laughs) forward so uh i'm just going to jump off screen here give me one second Um, there you go you're on screen just let everybody know where they can find you uh, fortunately, I'm not too hard to find. There are not too many John Paragons kicking around in the world. So you can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm usually wearing a cap, so I'm quite easy to find. Have a look for John Paragon. And also on LinkedIn is just forward slash John Paragon. Um, so that's probably the easiest way to find me. <clears throat> Paragon, I'm assuming you're going to share the links in the notes anyway, Phil, if yes. that's all right. That's uh, but right. Paragon is P-A-R-A-G-O-N. Uh, pretty easy to find. Um, if you want to connect, I'm more than happy to jump on a call with you, bounce a few ideas around. So if you have a business that you're wanting to take to a next level, or you are at a point where you're not quite gaining the traction you want and you want to be able to achieve, I don't want to just say six figures or seven figures because these are numbers that people throw out there. If you have a realistic number that you want to achieve, we can break that down and figure out how to get there. We can break it down to a point where I say, right, you're going to need three hours per day to do this. Can you give me three hours? If so, here's what you need to do. So I'm more than happy to bounce a few ideas around no matter where you are in business. I do specialize in automation and scaling as well. So if you are at a high level, already achieving six or seven figures, we can look at how you're going to take that to the next level. Um, I do these calls for free because I enjoy it. Any portion of the people after they've gained the value on the calls, they do come back to me to look at paid options. I will not pitch you unless you ask for the costs, for the pricing options, for the coaching options. 
I will just spend 30 minutes giving you value. You can take that and run with it. Just come back to me in a month or two and let me know what you've done with it. If you've made any progress, you know, I would appreciate a testimonial if you can. Or if you gain that much value, you think, I wonder what I would gain if I looked at paid options, uh, then feel free to ask and I will uh, give you an idea of what options are available too. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Come find me on LinkedIn, uh, John Paragon. Now listen, if you had any value from just listening to the about 50 minutes of this podcast, then you know, jumping on a 30 minute call where he's talking directly to you is going to be so much value. Like personally, I'm going to re-listen to this episode just to listen to how he broke down my goal to get into space. Okay. <laughs> just, just for that. That's what I'm going to do. Um, but John, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I know we had a little difficulty doing it, but I'm fine. The third time's the third time's the charm. And it, I have to say, I, pretty sure it's going to be a better conversation. It was the be best conversation we would have had. Um, I'm looking forward to connect with you in about a year to see where you're come, how 10 times in your business is doing. Uh, but John, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I want to thank my listeners for listening in and hopefully you go reach out to John. The links, of course, in the show notes down below. Just remember, you got to invest in yourself. So invest in John, maybe. Guys, John is amazing. I've been uh, following him, talking with him daily, been a guest on his podcast. We'll definitely have that link down there, but you should definitely follow him. Uh, it is well, well worth it. He shows you so much, so much value there. Just like in my book, uh, The Ultimate Seven Steps to Launching a Successful Podcast for Business Owners, Entrepreneurs, and Influencers. He teaches you how to scale, how to make some side hustle money as well as just make sure it launches perfectly. Just like I launch perfect podcasts with my book, you can too. So I want to make sure you guys invest in yourself and have a great day.